Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. He says, Peter, if you go to these temple tax collectors and say, uh, Jesus is exempt. That's going to stumble them. There's going to be all kinds of problems now. He said that actually that the easy thing to do, Pete, is just we're going to pay it. I, I don't owe it, but I'm going to pay it anyway. In other words, listen to me. Jesus is saying, in the small issues of life, don't sweat them. Just go the extra mile and do the right thing. They say there are only two constants in life, death and taxes. Well, there may be some truth to that, but some Christians bristle at the idea of paying taxes. In today's message, Pastor Mark reminds us that our witness is at stake in such issues. He highlights the story of Jesus when he sent Peter to collect the coins out of the fish's mouth to pay their taxes. Jesus, technically, as the Son of God and owner of everything, didn't owe taxes, Yet for the sake of the gospel, he chose to pay them. Are you willing to submit to what's difficult and even be wronged for the sake of the gospel? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message entitled, Faith in Action. You can turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Matthew chapter 17. And a man went out in his backyard. This is a true story. And he went out in the backyard and he saw this thing and he couldn't tell what it was until he got closer. It was this huge catfish. Somebody had lost, one of the kids in the neighborhood had lost their little ball in the canal or in the lake. The catfish thought it looked good for dinner. He bit it, but he couldn't get it out of his mouth. It was, seriously, he'd have died. It was too big. So they got him to the shore in a net, and they cut the ball, emptied it, and let the fish go away, and he's probably still living today. Now you say, Balmer, what's that got to do with a sermon? It's got a lot to do with the sermon. Because you're going to see today something very strange in the mouth of a fish. Something that you can't believe. No, it isn't a ball, but it's something else. We learned last week as we're going through the book of Matthew, we learned a lot about faith. I want to remind you of the definition of faith because most of us, when we think about faith, we only think about the word believe. I believe in God. Well, that's true, but faith is really action. It's really a verb. I believe in God enough to 
obey him. Here's the definition we use. If you weren't here last week, just get the DVD. Real act of faith, believing the word of God or the promises of God and acting on it. In other words, I have to follow through and do something. We have people say, I want to become a Christian. Thank you very much. Now I can go to heaven. No, if you're going to become a Christian, you believe in your heart, you say it with your mouth, and then you begin to follow Jesus Christ. So I act upon it. Doesn't matter how I feel or what I see, because in the end, I have faith, because of Romans 8.28, that in the end, everything is going to be all right. God will work all of these crazy things that are going on in our life, and it's going to be all right. Then we learn two other key principles to go along with that. Jesus said, have faith in God. See, faith isn't faith in itself. It's not faith in a church. It's not faith in a man. It's not faith in a system. Real biblical faith is faith in God. And so the object of faith is God himself and his word. You have to have an object of faith. And then the third thing we learned is true faith has to be based on either a command from the word of God or a promise that's in the word of God. I can't say today to you, well, I have faith that I'm going to be rich and God's going to make me healthy all my life and I have faith that God's going to do this and God's going to do that when if it isn't a promise from God, if it's not in his word, no, that's a wish list from you. It has nothing really to do with faith. It's not a promise for God. So if I'm going to understand what real faith is, I have to know God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So as you listen today, especially this teaching, you'll have great faith because you can see that God can absolutely do anything and the impossible, not just in Peter's life, but in your life, not just to read a story about in the past and go, nice sermon, Pastor Mark. I hate people saying that, then go out and live just like they want to live. So it's for us today. Let's begin Matthew 17, scoot on down to verse 24. After Jesus and his disciples arrived in Capernaum, that Capernaum was the headquarters, so they came down from that Mount of Transfiguration and moved their way back to the headquarters. The collectors of the two drachma tax came to Peter and asked, doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Every Jew knew what that was. If I would say to you today, doesn't your husband or your father or your mother pay the IRS? You would understand, sorry to bring the term up, but you would understand what the word IRS is. Well, these collectors were doing what they always did. Once a year, every Jew had to pay this temple tax, every male Jew. Well, the reason the Jews knew about it, the reason Peter knew about it, because it, it was a command for the word of God. Take a look on the overhead where we find it. It's in Exodus chapter 30. Look at verse 13. Each person, basically the male, the head of the home, who is counted must give a small piece of silver as a sacred offering to the Lord. All who have reached their 20th birthday must give this sacred offering to the Lord. So every Jew, not just in Jerusalem, but all over the world, once a year, if they were a male and they're over 20, by the way, let me ask you now, is Jesus over 20? 
Yes, he's gonna, he didn't start his ministry to 30, so he's about 32. So remember the question from these guys, does your teacher pay the tax? So every year, every Jewish person from all over the world, they would send in their temple tax. It was equal to two days of labor. So just figure what you make an hour, 15, 20 bucks an hour, times eight hours, times two. That's what it would be. Now, why the tax? What in the world did they use it for? This was thousands of years before, as you can see the scripture here in Exodus, still happening in Jesus' day. Well, look at verse 16. Receive this ransom money from the Israelites and use it for the care of the tabernacle, or in Jesus' day, the care of the temple. So these two days as a wage by every Jewish male were used for the upkeep of the temple. What would that look like? It would look like this. The lights, the AC, the computer network, the streaming video, the cameras. That's an updated version, in case you didn't know. Well, that's what it was used for. So these men... And most commentators believe that these collectors were really, were really put up to this by the religious Jews in Jerusalem, because they're way up north in Capernaum. And they come to Peter and they go, uh, Peter, does your teacher, notice they don't call him the Messiah, does your teacher pay this temple tax? Now, why would they ask that? Well, the Jewish leaders are hoping that Peter's going to say, no, he doesn't pay the tax. And so the Jewish leaders are going to say to the Jewish people, aha, told you. Jesus, oh, he says, he says he's a, he's the Messiah and he believes God and he keeps God's word, but he doesn't pay the temple tax and that's there. He doesn't keep the law. That's what they're hoping. They're hoping that Peter basically says, no, he doesn't pay it. Well, what is the response we're going to see? Well, look at verse 25. First part. Peter goes, yes, he does. You see, Peter isn't going to give them this opportunity to make this charge against Jesus that he doesn't obey the law. In fact, the Bible says he came to fulfill the law. So Peter knew that Jesus did the right thing. Peter, remember, whatever Caesar's, give to Caesar. So Peter knew that Jesus paid the temple tax. He also would have paid whatever taxes Rome were due. Now, the interesting point is, I don't know what time of year it was that this this little uh, conversation happened. But as yet, Peter and Jesus haven't paid the yearly tax. Didn't mean they weren't going to. They just hadn't yet. You'll see that when we get to verse 27. Well, what's the rest of verse 25 say? Yes, he does, he replied. And when Peter came into the house. All right, let me get this set up for you. Peter has this conversation outside of the house where Jesus and the disciples are. What house would that be? Well, if you've ever been to Capernaum, and I've been there many times and taught on this site, you can actually go right to the house of Peter. And it's actually the foundation of where his house stood. Remember, Peter was married, had a mother-in-law. Mother-in-law. You remember that. He was married. And so that's where Jesus was. He's inside the house. The conversation is outside the house. But when Pete walks in the house, amazing thing happens. Pete isn't the first one with the words. Pete's always the first one with the words. But Jesus actually interrupts him. Before Pete can, as he comes in the house, look what Jesus says. Look what he says. He says, Jesus was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon? He asked. 
From whom do the kings of the earth collect duty and taxes? From their own sons or from others? Now, why did Matthew write this statement in there? What do we care if Pete's outside the house and Jesus is inside? What do we care? Well, we care a lot. What you see from that statement is we have another picture of Jesus. He was fully man. Oh, he was in the house, but he was fully God. You see, God is all-knowing. He's omniscient. He knows everything. So the conversation happened outside the house. When Pete walks in, Jesus already knows what the conversation's been about. And he just begins to ask him, Pete, I already know what you were talking about outside. No, I didn't overhear you. I already know what you were talking about. Do you know that God already knows what you're thinking right now? Right now. He knows what's going through your mind. You see, God already knows what's happening. So here's the question. Pete has actually been confronted about something religious, the temple tax. But Jesus is going to take the principle that happened and he's going to broaden it. He's going to talk about more than just the temple tax. He's going to talk about taxes in general, civil taxes. You say, is this like a retirement thing for us today here? What to do with my money? No, it's something very important. There's a broad principle you need to understand. Write this down. The Bible is God's roadmap on how to do life right. So Jesus is going to take this real narrow thing about the temple tax, which doesn't apply to any of us here. Two reasons. 99.9% of us aren't Jewish or males over 20. Second, there's no temple anymore there. It's different today. You'll see that later from Malachi. So what is Jesus going to do? He's going to broaden it. He's going to show us specifically how we deal with the government that we have. How interesting. What do we do with the government? Well, look at verse 26. Remember what he asked Pete. He said, Pete, do the kings of the earth collect duty and taxes from their own sons or do they collect them from people outside of their own immediate family? Jesus asked him and Peter responds in verse 26, well, not from their sons, from, from other people, Peter answered. Then Jesus says, well, you're right. That means the sons of the king are exempt. What was the point Jesus was making? In the real world, if you were a king and you had a castle and you're responsible for this area of territory, well, you would tax the people so that your home, the kingdom, and the territories could operate. But you would never tax your own son that lived in the home. You tax the people that were outside. What Jesus was saying, very interesting, Jesus was saying, I'm the son of God. The temple actually belongs to my father and to me. If I pay the tax, in essence, I'm taxing myself. And you don't do that. Just as a king's son is exempt, I'm exempt. So Jesus is saying, I'm really the Lord of the temple. We know that's true. Technically, he was exempt from taxation. But he's going to give us a huge principle. 
See, Jesus really didn't have to pay the temple tax. He was the Lord of the temple. Why would he tax himself? Look what the word 27, verse 27, gives us this principle. But, Peter, learn this lesson. Understand this general principle. So that we may not offend them. That word in the original language means stumble them. So we may not offend them or stumble them. Peter, go to the lake. Throw out your line, take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it, give it to them, the collectors, for my tax and your tax for this year. You see, Jesus was trying to show us something very important. Keep your finger right there. Turn back to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. What was he trying to say? He says, Peter, if you go to these temple tax collectors and say, "Uh, Jesus is exempt, that's going to stumble them. There's going to be all kinds of problems now. He said, actually, that the easy thing to do, Pete, is just we're going to pay it. I I don't owe it, but I'm going to pay it anyway. In other words, listen to me. Jesus is saying, in the small issues of life, Don't sweat them. Just go the extra mile and do the right thing. Let me give you an example. If you have a teenager, you don't want to be coming down on a teenager for every single thing they do wrong. If you do, you'll lose them. You want to major on the majors. Don't get legalistic. You'll lose everything. If you run a corporation and every little thing you complain about, you don't have any employees. Or if you will, they won't do any work for you. So what Jesus says is, we're not going to sweat the small stuff. I don't know it. I know I don't know it, but I'm going to pay it anyway. Understand that principle. I think it's huge in our lives. When the little stuff comes up, just do the right thing. Just do it. Forget it. Don't worry about it. Just do the right thing. So he's going to pay this tax. Well... Let me ask you a question. You said, Pastor Mark, you said the Bible tells us how to do life. Does a Christian, regardless of who's in government, does a Christian have to pay taxes? How do you know? That's the right answer. You see, if we didn't have this, you wouldn't know. But I guarantee you, most of you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. You pay taxes because you don't want to go to jail. (laughs) You know, that's very biblical. You'll see it in a moment. It's a smart thing to do. Let me tell you something sad. There's a guy, a husband and wife, had a ministry. It was a very good ministry of, they were brilliant with creationism. They could tell you why. By the way, coming next year, we're going to have a a whole weekend on creationism. Tremendous people, not not this couple. Well, it was discovered that this couple who are Christians for the last, in their organization, the last 20, 30 years, whatever, have never paid any income tax. Well, number one, what does that say to the Christian world? Because they claim they don't owe it. That's it. He'll get the scriptures and... <laughs> well, they've been caught. They're in the process of being sentenced from what it looks like for their whole life. The rest of the life, they're going to be in prison. Now, is that right? Yes, it is right. So they left a terrible witness. So do you and I, biblically, are we told to pay taxes? Well, here's the answer in case you didn't ever want to know it. Romans 13, let's take a look at verse 1, then we're going to skip on down to verse 5. 
everyone, how many is that? That's everyone, that's you. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. Local rulers, police, fire people, congressmen, president, whatever. For there is no authority, none of those people, except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Now, it doesn't say they've been 100% approved by God, but they have been allowed to rule. Why? Well, lots of reasons, and of course, we don't know all of them. Understand that in this time when Jesus is writing, of course, Romans, right here when Paul's writing, who is ruling the Jewish nation? The Romans. And the Romans were playing havoc with the Jews. In fact, Paul will die. So it isn't like, well, Pastor Mike, if the government isn't really operating by Christian principles, then I don't have to pay taxes. No, not at all. I'll show you why. Scoot on down to verse 5. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, speed limit, zoning things, whatever. Not only because of possible punishment. In other words, you want to do it because you don't want to go to jail. Because if you don't do it, you will go to jail. Someone will get you. You get a ticket. You get fined. You get whatever. Or number two, because of conscience. Let's say you say, Pastor Mark, man, I've been creative. I pay my income tax. But man, I found ways to cheat the government out of this stuff. And they've never found me. Cool. The problem is you got a bad conscience. And every night when you lay down, you have that on your mind. Because you know you have not done the right thing. So the Bible says, you want to do it because you, if you get caught, you're going to go to prison or you're going to get punished. But number two, you really want to do it because God already knows what your motive is and you don't want to have a bad conscience. So do we pay taxes? Verse six. This is also why you pay taxes for the authorities are God's servants. Next time you have an audit with the IRS, just sit down with the IRS audit and say, can I pray for you? You're God's servant before you audit me. I don't know if that'll do any good. You might try it. He says, they're God's servants who give their full time to govern. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes, revenue, revenue, respect, respect, honor, honor. So God is the ruler of everything. All governing authorities. We are obligated as citizens of this world, even though we are citizens of heaven, but we live here. You and I are obligated to simply submit and obey the laws of our government. Now, is there an exception to that? Yes, there is. Let me give an example. It's happening right now in in the United States. It isn't true yet, but in some countries it's basically there. Let's say the government comes up with this law, and it says this. As a pastor of a church or priest, you cannot, from the pulpit, teach that if Two people are sleeping together and they're not married, that it's a sin. A man and a woman before, before they get married, which it is a sin. Or two men, two women, homosexualism, it's a sin. You cannot teach that from the pulpit. Now you say, Pastor Mark, that'll never happen in our country. They're already trying to get this in the government. So what happens in that case? Do I obey the governing authorities who say to me, you will not... Of course, we talk about lots of sins, not just those sins. We love those people. But you can't, you can talk about anger, and you can talk about lying, but you can't talk about homosexuality or sleeping together. You can't talk about that. You can't do it. So what do I do? What does genuine faith really look like? It is always based on God's word and his promises. 
His word is the roadmap that gives us firm ground for our faith in all areas of life. In today's message, Pastor Mark talked about how the Bible answers even the difficult question regarding whether we should pay taxes. The Bible has all the answers, and if we will learn to trust Him and His Word, He'll do miraculous things, more than we ever imagined possible. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. So what is active faith? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark reminds us that for faith to grow, it must be active. Active faith grows by stepping out in obedience to God and His Word. As we step out in faith and see God work, it creates excitement unmatched by anything else in this world. In other words, we do what we can do and we watch God do what only He can do. Activate your faith today and see what God does. Well, we've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.